welcome to Recidivism Pressures with Chief Recidivism Pressure, Caroline Dunlop. This show is designed for all ex-offenders and advocates for ending recidivism. Don't worry, we don't talk about how to survive prison. We talk about how to end the cycle of going back and having a changed mindset. I showcase some amazing and powerful people who have sensed their sentences, turned their lives around, and crushed recidivism. Get your weekly dose of new ideas, hearing new strategies of crushing recidivism, and fun conversations. Thank you for joining us today on Recidivism Crushers. I am joined here with my special guest today, Mr. Lester Young. Lester, how are you doing today? I'm blessed. All blessed. All blessed. Wonderful. Lester was telling me about um, his time and what he's done to change his mindset. Because remember, Crushers, we're all about changing the mindset, changing how we see things, changing how we ingest things, and changing how we update information within. So, Lester, can you tell me what was the most pivotal point in your prison sentence that let you know that you were not supposed to be incarcerated? Mm. Uh, it was a book. Uh, it was several books. Um, a little back when I was 19 years old, I was sentenced to life in prison, um, reading at a seventh grade level of education. So education was not that thing for me. I didn't I didn't see myself ever walking across a stage to get a diploma or ever even see myself go to college. That's just my limited belief system. Um, but it was books. I was introduced to several books that uh, that shifted, that awakened me mentally and helped me to be able to dream that. I am someone, I can do something different in spite of my circumstances, I could become transformed. And one of those books was a book called As a Man Thinketh, so As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, um, where he showed in this book, well, he illustrated in the book is like the mind is like a garden. What you plant in this garden, which is the mind, will determine the growth of your thought. Your thoughts become life. And I remember reading that book. And again, it was a very, it was struggling for me because I, I didn't have a good uh, reading comprehension at that time. But I remember the chaplain inside of the prison back then, he like literally encouraged me every day to finish this book. And that's when I started reading it. I started grasping it. And I started understanding that my thoughts define my destination. My thoughts, you know, in spite of where I'm at, it's all about how I perceive it. And that was the beginning for me. That is very, very, very deep and profound that you could put it into words like that. I mm. like how you said it. It's, that, it's very profound. I love that. Mm. Um, so that was your pivotal moment. Do you have maybe one of the lowest moments you've had when you were incarcerated versus when you came upon reentry? Was there a, a different kind of shift that happened? I think 22 years, that's a long time. That's two absolutely, decades. Absolutely. I think the uh, the downside or a low point for me in my incarceration was when the reality um, really hit that I had life. You know, um, I had life and there's a very slim, like 2% possibility that I may never see the world again. And then the second was, is that the reality that I was sitting in prison for murder, I took another human being's life. And to be able to sit with that guilt in your spirit, knowing that, you know, not only about, it's not about you serving life, it's that someone else has physically been removed off of this earth because of a choice that you made. And, and that to me was a, a very low moment for me. Um, it was a it was a moment for me to really dig deep into my spirituality, my faith, 
and find redemption in, in a way that will allow me to not be paralyzed by grief, but to be able to be um, motivated and inspired and use my story to, to make a difference. And, and also be in a way in how I can find a way of honoring the person that I took off this earth as a result of the decisions that I made. So that was a very low point for me um, during my incarceration. Um, and I and I had to make had to make peace with that, and by making peace with that, it was it was a very challenging thing because I had to break all of these limited limited belief systems that I had about myself, about my crime, and had to work through it. But once I was able to work through it, it was again to be able to resurrect me and allow me to stand erect and to be able true. to do things that I needed to do. Very true. I I do agree. Um, I do have a a question that a lot of women have been asking me lately just because they want to put it out there. How would you say, because I have the same issues as well, trying to deal with people who knew me in the past when I, before I was locked up to the peep, the person who I am now, how would you categorize that for yourself? Are you having issues as well with that? Because apparently it seems to be the number one topic of discussion amongst yeah. me and a, a lot of women friends that, People just cannot let that go and they can't accept who you are for who you are right now. I honestly haven't had that problem. Um, I think That's one of the reasons is because I moved, I chose not to go back to my same environment. I didn't, I'm from originally from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Um, so when I, when I got out of prison, I was very intentional about not going to the same spot because some people have a tendency of still seeing you as that person. And, and that's a, that was a barrier that I didn't want it to continue to battle with. So I, I moved to Columbia, South Carolina. I've been in Columbia now a total of six years since me being released from prison. But I, I visit Hilton Head um, periodically. I go back home. And because of the work I've been able to do without that type of stigma that comes from people who knew me, it allowed me to build a better reputation. So when I go, it's almost like I get invited to come home to, yeah. to inspire, to motivate and empower our youth and others in that community by my story. Now they value the story because I'm no longer in that environment, you know? So yeah. I, I always had this saying when I got out of prison, even during my prison environment is that you have to change your playground your playmate and your plaything. Your your playground is your old environment. Your playmates are your old friends. Your playthings are the things that you used to do that that got you in prison. You have to change that up. So looking at your environment, sometimes your environment, they have a tendency of not seeing your worth. Um, your friends, your old friends, you get out of prison, they are still not really convinced that you are a different person. So yes. they would they would somewhat accept you, but truthfully, that truthfully, they don't. They still question it. And almost like you gotta try your best to prove them wrong. Um, mm -hmm. you play things. You can't you can't play with the fire that got you burnt prior to your incarceration. So those are the three principles I live by is that my old friends, I, I associate with them you know, from a distance, but I don't have an intimate relationship with them like I had before because I'm not that same person anymore. The one thing a woman needs when she gets out is essentials. We're not talking about a car, a place to stay, or a job. Although those things are needed, we're talking about simple stuff like socks, something with her name on it, or even toilet tissue and sanitizer. That's why Tubs of Love was created 
so you can make an everlasting impression on someone and let her know that she is not alone by sponsoring a tub of love for her. Go to tubsoflove.com today and sponsor. I do hear that recidivism crushers see the same thing that we've heard a couple of days ago. You have to change your environment. And that is so true, Lester. I have had the same similar as when I moved from, uh, let's see, from Seattle to Georgia to here. And I've been here for about six, seven years. And most of the time I was incarcerated, but it's a new environment and it feels wonderful to be around total newness where I knew no one at all. So to restart myself, re-engage, react, respond, do all those things with a new mindset. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know that I could achieve the amount of things that I've achieved in such a short amount of time. And I think I thank God for that because that's all been just part of the ministry that I'm in, mm-hmm. even though I run a profitable business. But recidivism mm-hmm. crushers is all about engaging the the community, getting out there and showing society that we're not just people who come out of prison. Cause mm-hmm. I do hate that afterbirth that people give us when we come out, you know, like, okay, you're out of prison. Uh, maybe you got a little bit of this, but you know, they still kind of do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I believe that's in how we, we, we walk with our heads held high, how we challenge that energy when we walk around, you know, you just, you walk with a new state of mind and a new person of how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Like we've done. I think, I know this is going to start a movement with all people coming into reentry. That's why this project is so important to me. Because I want people to understand, man or female, black, white, whatever you are, I want everyone to understand recidivism can stop. It's a different word. Nobody really uses it, (laughs) but it can stop. But you have to change your mind because it starts with yourself. So that's I love how Lester incorporates that within how he's changed, how you've done, what you've become, all the things that went to your website. It's just awesome. Which, by the way, can you please give us a quick rundown of what Path of Redemption is and all about your organization? Oh, um, Path of Redemption was something I founded, going back again to the power of vision and the power Mm -hmm. of self-belief. I had, during my incarceration, I was able to redefine my belief system of who I was at that time. I saw myself not as inmate 1870-18. I saw myself as a man um, now who have made a mistake and want redemption. I saw myself as that person. And with that, it, it inspired in me to create um, a, a curriculum programs from my spirit, from my spirit to give birth to others and helping them find their redemption. So I remember uh, one of my mentors in prison, um, who was one of my business coaches teaching me about entrepreneurship during, I mean, after my incarceration, he challenged me to create a program, a mentoring program. Um, He was like, what is your why? I told him my why is to empower our community um, youth, as well as those who are currently formerly incarcerated to make better choices. And he challenged me to create this program for that. And he said, find the name, find the mission statement, find everything about what it is that you want to do. And that's where it started. I started working on this program years before I was released from prison. So when I was released from prison, I kept the name Path to Redemption, everything, because that's my personal mantra to remind me that I'm always going to live a path to redemption and to let others know that in spite of the mistakes that you have made in life, that you can live a path to redemption, meaning changing your trajectory in life, 
that's basically what it is and that and that's the whole mission so i started that years ago um and with that i've been released now a total of six years and i've been continuing that principle of inspiring currently those who are currently incarcerated um through my my curriculums that i wrote years ago in prison these curriculums are still being taught in prison and on the outside i do support groups helping again helping individuals rewire like i said rewire their thinking which would change their behavior and then change their response in life well, I absolutely love your organization, your mission statement. I just love the title Path to Redemption because mm-hmm. redemption is an ever-seeking, ever-going, recyclical. It's always going. People just think, oh, if I could just get there, out, I'm going to be done. No, you're always going to grow. <laughs> you're always going to climb a mountain. You're always going to slide down something. So I love that. I love your mission statement. I just love the title Path to Redemption. So people, please go out and support pathredemption.org. It's a wonderful establishment. He's got just a heart to serve just as I do, just as all of our recidivism crushers do. We love to serve, educate, and elevate. So again, thank you, Lester, for being with us today. I'm so grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to put me in, and I'm so grateful. Is there anything you want to leave our audience with, maybe some encouraging notes or something about your website? I would just encourage um, for uh, recidivism crushers is to let people know that, as I mentioned, that to crush recidivism, it starts in the mental eye. It starts here. You have to see yourself completely different than the person you were um, inside of a prison uniform or a county jail uniform. You have to mentally see yourself different and you have to create these different affirmations daily to keep you focused. Because one thing about individuals like us there's a there's a relapse there's a period of relapse when you're up this mountain you keep climbing this mountain of of redemption and 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 conquering this mountain of not returning back to prison you're going to have those low days and this is where your daily affirmation plays a part in keeping you reminded of what's your why. If a person's relieved from prison, if they don't have their why, then there's a great chance that they're gonna be pulled back into that dark place. So once you find your why in life, whether you've been in prison or not, you have to find a reason why, what you wake up for every morning, let that be your motivation as you move forward in your journey through life. With that being said, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, Recidivism Crushers, joining us again, because we're gonna have Lauren Bianco on. She's our peer specialist. So stay tuned, you guys. Thank you so much and have a great day. Peace. If you receive knowledge from this episode and know someone else who will benefit as well, please share it with them. Remember, we're on both platforms, Facebook and Instagram as Recidivism Crushers. Join us next time, Crushers. Don't forget to crush it, kill it, leave it.